0: Welcome to Beyond Common with Caleb and Luke. Luke Box Day here with my guy, my best friend, business partner, and arguably the most creative person in the world, and um, uh, somebody with a uh, brilliant accent that I just learned about, which is uh, (laughs) awesome. I learned new things about this person that I've known for so long and know... Uh, oh, I know more about this dude than uh, most people in his own life, and maybe himself knows about himself. Uh, and this dude can actually uh, perform an accent, fucking pretty decently well, better than I could. And this is uh Caleb Fossum.
1: Uh, I appreciate that that the intro. The intro will definitely suffice for me. Uh, <laughs> I did. I worked. I Comic Con this weekend, and I was a noble knight of Rafton um, from Montetall. <laughs> that was the role of my character, and. Uh, I've, I've had uh, I've had a hard time losing the accent as well as uh, actually I actually uh, went to Starbucks and ordered in my accent on accident and uh, didn't even realize. In your
0: accent on accident, huh? Yeah. Okay. I, I, what's funny is that we we spoke about this before. We, pressed, we spoke about this two minutes ago, and I challenged you to speak in the accent the whole time. I said that riff about your accent and then fucking forgot you were going to hit me with the accent right away, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, shit. Duh. I'm an idiot. So that actually caught me off guard because I'm an idiot, and... That was awesome. That w- that made my fucking it. day. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: very uh, it's very fun um you know I've definitely fallen in love with the whole um entertainment industry as far as acting and, and modeling mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that because you become a character in a sense and so once you become that character you lose all sense of like yourself and like judgment that you would usually have on yourself if you were just to break out of accent so the whole time at Comic-Con I was this knight and I felt like like I was the knight that's who I was that that weekend you know so like you're in that that realm. So it's really cool. Comic-Con was actually pretty nuts too. It was crazy because I'm not a huge like comic book um, guy. I like Marvel movies. You know, I got started getting back into that and stuff, but I'm not like a huge fan, you know, Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. it was still a really, really cool experience and just so much cool art, people, costumes. I didn't have one bad um, interaction with a person the whole weekend. So um, yeah and the fun cool fun. thing about
0: about like that like type of environment which i've never been to and i've always wanted to go comic con because i i am that type of nerd like i don't read comic books but i've seen fucking every superhero like show and yeah maybe, um like super dweeb when it comes to all of that stuff, <laughs> is that you get like two people you get the people that are actually afraid of who they are and they dress up to kind of escape right mm-hmm. which um you know which is hard and i'm sure a lot of people like that were doing that and because it was a place they felt safe secure and comfortable yeah um and then you get the people that are so fucking comfortable with who they are. They don't that
1: give they a They can shit. do
0: that. Yeah. You know, that they, they can go all the way and have these crazy, intense costumes where, like, probably 80% of the people, like, judge them of, like, yeah. being, like, fucking weirdo. And that they're the person who's like, no, bro, like, I'm cool as shit with myself. Like, you being uncomfortable and call me a weirdo makes you the fucking weirdo. Yeah, actually, more- but, bro, I'm good. Like, I, even though these green tenders are sticking out of my fucking head, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm having a good time, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm good.
1: Especially at a place like that where I feel like there is literally no judgment because you just see some outrageous shit and respect, you know, whatever outside of comfort yeah. zone people get. And there was some insane costumes, bro. Like oh, insane. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, full ass samurai costumes. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah. the joke. One dude looked just like Heath Ledger. Like, full, I mean, That's it's crazy. just it was uh it was sick. And there's all kinds like anime, Marvel, DC. Um, I mean, somebody dressed up as the the kid from Up. I mean, there's just – I mean, anything <laughs> Disney. I mean, so it was pretty cool. Um, very different experience, man. And San Diego
0: is uh, – downtown San Diego is pretty nuts. So uh, San Diego is a riot. Downtown San Diego. Um, especially if you go on, like, one of those big weekends for, like, a conference yeah. or something like that. Up and down there for, like, conferences, for uh, your bowl games, for almost getting – Arrested at your bowl games and all <laughs> other, other terribly great experiences that I talked myself out of. Uh, I love San Diego, but like what's really cool about that and like what I am jealous of the fact that you got to experience is like people in that arena of authenticity and vulnerability and like people that yeah. are like actually like cool being themselves, being that fucking like other people would call them like nerdy and dweeby and all this shit, right? Uh, of like, and I mean that in like a negative connotation way. Like yeah. I see that and be like, these people are, like, themselves. Like, I we love the weirdos. Being in, yeah, being in a, a room of people that are, like, relentlessly them, whatever yeah. flaws or awesome things about them, those things are. But like whether, And people like, can, like, recognize them and be like, I don't know, bro. This is me. This is me. I'm yeah. dressed up as a fucking – I'm Shrek today. Fuck off, dude. I'm yeah. having fun. Well, and that's how it it should be.
1: And I think um, I've had a really good experience these last two years, kind of getting into this industry of acting and and stuff and meeting different people from all walks of life and, you know, going into Comic-Con this week and you come into a room where you literally know nobody, you haven't put a face to anybody, you got casted, you're walking into this hotel room where, you know, other actors are, you know, and you're going to spend the whole weekend with like over 24 hours with, you know, Um, and you don't know what to expect. So all you can do is go in open-minded and have no expectations. And, you know, so it's really cool, the relationships and you know, the places that this industry takes you. And I was talking to a woman who was a stylist um, and she's been a stylist. For, I mean, she, I think she said she was in her sixties and she was in, she's been in the entertainment industry since she was six. And she's like, the thing I let, she's like, I'll never get a normal job. I'll never work a nine to five. She's like, the beauty about this job is that every day is different. And that's what I've fallen in love with, with this industry and in podcasting and entrepreneurship, like the whole tomorrow's It's something different, you know, as far as you're walking in, you don't know what to expect and it's the unknown. And my problem with like sports and stuff as I got older was I knew what to expect. I knew what Monday was going to bring. I knew what Tuesday was going to bring. I knew how I was going to feel. And you get into this schedule-like atmosphere and then once you're out of it, it's so scary because it's unknown. But then you start to realize that's the beautiful part about it all.
0: And that's what – I've always had this like – one of those like childhood dreams of like most people wanted to be a fucking astronaut or like an actor and all the things. I – always wanted to be like there was a in my back of my mind since i was like six i always wanted to be an actor and never even tried acting at all like one of my brothers was in plays and stuff and he's like, he, was, and he was fucking brilliant he was great i wish he stuck with it and one of the reasons why acting has always like intrigued me is because i get bored of shit really easily yeah so it's like to go really 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 fucking deep for like mm-hmm. four to nine months or something yeah like, and then on the character. Day. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you're someone else. Like that sounds so fucking cool to me because again, yeah. in life, you're supposed to try all the shit and do all the shit. So if you can try a bunch of different characters and be people, dude, and right. even like fake live that life, mm-hmm. but you get to experience like, ah, I don't know. I fake live this life and that was intriguing. So actually, what if, what if I actually like become this person right now in my own life or like, Hey, I was this person on like in a show or on a movie or like in a play. And actually like that person sucks. Cool. Yes. Now I know I never want to be that person. Like, exactly. Even that, at least it gives you some, like you get to dip some toe into like seeing who, who you would maybe want to be.
1: Well, yeah, I think it gives you perspective and you learn about yourself. And, you know, it's crazy is I can totally. So I've gone to like, you know, shoots and stuff and, you know, commercial, whatever the case is. And it's been like 10, 12 hour, you know, some long days. But this weekend was very long. And it was three days in a row. So it really felt like we were on a set. You know, like yeah, my first, right. like I feel like a real set of like um, continuous days, I guess. I haven't been on a set for more than like one day, you know, a day rate. And um, so you kind of get into that where you show up and you get into character. It was kind of a, it was just a new thing for me. Um, and I could totally understand how people get lost in roles. Or we were talking about how actors take back to back movies where you start to even lose who you are because you have to dive so deep into this character to understand yeah. great actors You can see it on the screen where it's their those true emotions, facial expressions, it looks so real because they are that Mm. character. They've started to think like them and talk like them and and really own that character where you probably forget who the hell you are. You know, I mean I went I mean, I was just doing it for a day and I went to go order Starbucks and literally ordered in an accent. And I was like, oh my God. Like, And it was just one day of just doing the accent for hours, <laughs> and hours and hours and hours. And it became, I started to get a little baney at the, at the end. I was like, here's the magical orb. You will have a lot of power. <laughs> you like, think darkness yeah. is your ally? yeah. It's like, the devil me. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. You, know, you walk up and order at Starbucks. You yeah. think darkness is your ally. And I was born like, in the darkness. I don't know, man. Like, taller Grande, bro. I don't <laughs> yeah. know you fucking tell me, bro. Oh, yeah, like, like, we, have, we have dark coffee. That's
1: about it. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, the but, fuck um, you want from of me, bro? I don't get paid enough for this shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. but, oh my god, I can't imagine the people that are just in San Diego seeing Comic Con. You know, like yeah. seeing uh, people walking around. Uh, okay. and, um, but you know, uh, as long as
0: like, somebody's rude, and totally cut you off. But also no, that's okay. one quick thing: if somebody like is rude to you, dressed up, and you're like, "Bro, you you look like Super Mario, bro. I can't take you seriously." Like, yeah, exactly. What are you gonna yeah. do? Crash your fucking go kart into me? Fucking get out of here! <laughs> <It> <laughs> like, is- what? It is trippy, and it is it is funny too, because people don't people don't know
1: I'm in a whole other world where I've never met these people. They don't know, you know, and that's what I think is cool too is being surrounded by new people all the time. It honestly gives you your own confidence as well, because people are like, "Is that your real accent?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck, do I have a good accent?" You know, like because yeah, 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 yeah I'm sure. like you know, you and Minnie, and so it's like you guys yeah. know, you know what I mean. So it's like, as soon as you step out of those comfort zones and try things, and it, what it really also mm-hmm. opened my mind to was. Um, everything is subjective in this world. Like everything is subjective. Everything is just opinion-based as far as like what Uh, people think are good, movies. Yeah, yeah, you know, movies or food or like anything that's done ever. I mean, even sports, like it's subjective. Some people like the way certain people play. Some people don't. Some people like the way McGregor sells fights. You know, it's just, everything's an opinion. And I think that's the hardest thing about life is like, and we take it so personal, is like, we think what one person says is it we think that like that's what this is but you know you i can have 10 my whole thing with like you know being recruited and going through sports was it only takes one you know and so you can get a thousand no's but if the one coach likes you and offers you a scholarship that's all you need and i think it's it's all subjective and i think being in this industry it's kind of made me be more open to that and and learn to not take things personally because everybody has a fucking different outlook perspective and opinion on life hence be uncommon you know so um just a crazy little that helped me out this weekend you know
0: yeah the, uh you'll get this email soon if you haven't yet and uh from my personal email list because i know that you're you were like the first person to go through it so you're getting a bunch of my like automations before everybody else yeah and one of my emails Likewise. uh is uh there's no scoreboard yeah which is basically have you seen that one yet or no yeah it, i it was out about like there's no right or wrong pretty much right yeah mm-hmm. okay nobody fucking knows what's actually yeah. right or wrong exactly like, you, you don't like three put three Three plus three is six. Like, yeah, okay, that's like a fact. Like, that's a statistical fact. Yeah. Cool, easy. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, right or wrong decisions, choices. Yeah. That's why, like, I fucking detest when people talk about, like, the mistakes they've made. Mm-hmm. No, because it's like, as long as you didn't kill somebody or, like, nobody got, like, physically their life harmed or ruined, yeah. like, you don't know if that was actually a mistake or not. Yeah, because you, down the road it could lead to something. It could lead to so much yeah. more. You have no fucking clue. So, like, that's light. Also, I'm going to – it's going to for sure be one of my next uh, tattoos. Is there's no scoreboard Yeah. because there's no scoreboard in the sky. And like for me, I think about that idea and that concept, and it's liberating. It fucking excites the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But I, I know so many other people that that terrifies, that it's so scared because they need some assurance. Yes. Which it's like doesn't make me better or them worse or them better or me worse at all. It's just like one of those things, okay, realize that, and especially if you can, if you can figure out – when you're speaking to somebody, especially when you just meet somebody, how they think about that scoreboard in the sky, if it were to be there—I mean, about the idea of like if they're – totally mix it up. If you can speak to somebody about there not being a scoreboard in the sky, and like that idea, and see what their reaction is. If you can see if like if it's like, all right, cool. I'm I'm actually really cool with not there not being a scoreboard in the sky. Like mm-hmm. I, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Or if somebody gets like, no, I need to know the answer. It actually will help your approach with that person, whatever type of relationship it is, whether it's a friendship, a business re- professional relationship, a romantic relationship, just uh, a- any type of relationship. If you know that answer to how they think about that concept, it will help you endlessly because that's one of like the one, two or three biggest things I've ever like, thought about when I've ever met somebody is how do they how do they answer this in their head? For some reason, because I I have those thought filters, which I've also spoken about in the emails of, like, I I have to have thought filters, like, simple blinders, yes or no type of people in my life of, like, this is the concept, do you think this way or this way? Mm -hmm. Cool, I know how to speak to you now on. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the scoreboard in the sky is something of those things where, like, uh, without naming names, because I don't want to, like, embarrass people for being on the other side of me, even though it shouldn't be, because they might be right and I could be wrong, and we'll figure that scoreboard in the sky Mm -hmm. after we die you know, not now, mm-hmm. um, who is so f- complete opposite. And it's a person I love. I love dearly in my life. It's a person really, really close to me. And they are so 180 from me where it's like, no, 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 no. I need to know if it's right or wrong. Yeah. I need to know if I'm making the right choices. I need yeah. to know if I'm making the right decisions. Like I can't mm-hmm. make a mistake. Yeah. And me, I'm like, mm, that's t- sounds terrifying because I don't know. I feel like I've made like a-, a billion choices in my life, but like, I won't even call them mistakes. Even like I don't know. Like I fucked up plenty of times. Sure, we all have. But like yeah. calling them mistakes, I don't know. There's no fucking scoreboard, bro. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know if it's right yeah. or wrong until I die. Yeah, I used to really be on that as That's far my as like, welcome to my TED Talk.
1: <laughs> but I used to really relate to that because I used to always mm-hmm. want to never make a mistake, and all through football it was all performance based and showing up on time, never being yes. late, being in the yes. walk on yes. mentality, yes. just yes. very performance based, you know, extrinsic motivation. Um, and like, I think what the cool part about that whole spiel you just did was you can look at it two ways. Like, yeah, there's a scoreboard of, you know, if you're terrified of it, but the beauty of it is that you could start winning at any point, you know, you're always at zero. So you are always in control. Look Look at you dropping
0: fucking bombs on the podcast (laughs) today.
1: But you know, know but but seriously, it's like because I wrote an email. Um, my last email, my sequence I just wrote was about being a victim, and that's like Uh the biggest thing I fucking hate in this world are victims. I will not be surrounded by them, and like the victim mentality is something um, that people have, and I have had as well. Like we all become victims at some point. We all. Have this mindset if something happens to us, but it's like who can shed it the fastest and who can keep it off. That's where real growth comes from. Because, I mean, you know, we are humans. We fuck up. We do things, right? But, you know, the victim mentality defined um, that I looked up is uh, a state of mind in which a person feels helpless and as though the world is against them. It's not my fault, quote unquote. Someone who has a victim mentality claims everything that happens to them is the fault of others. So, long story short, it's pretty much just not taking responsibility for your own shit and um it's it's something that just needs to happen because you're i mean there's definitely things that that we're not able to control bad shit happens right um but being able to just take responsibility for the choices that you do make right or wrong or no scoreboard whatever they are is just a huge part um of growth
0: no absolutely (laughs) and that's This idea of the victim mentality uh, hits so uh, personally, deeply and to my fucking core because uh, uh, people in my life that I've gotten to the biggest, biggest butting of heads, disagreements, arguments, um, some of them being family, some of them being like direct family, Mm -hmm. uh, some of them being friends is this, this exact idea of nothing's ever my fault. Except the way that they fuck up ends up like actually harming the lives of other people, not just their yes. own lives. Yes. So then it's like, all right, if you're fucking up in a way, again, even though I just said there's no scoreboard, but yeah. if you're fucking up in a way that like harms your own life.
1: Well, there's a scoreboard for like, you morally. There is, like you yes, have your own exactly, scoreboard. Exactly, exactly, right?
0: exactly. Okay. exactly right. But like say, say for example, if uh, you are somebody who um, at first you start drinking too much, right? at first it affects you only like you wake up hungover in the morning you wake up hungover for work at first right like that at first that's what happens but it starts to affect people right away (laughs) then all of a sudden you start cutting people off and harming people on the way to work because you're in a hurry because you're late because you were fucked up last night and woke up late and your entire schedule got all fucked up and then all of a sudden your work starts to like get all fucked up. And then your boss gets affected. And then your coworkers have to pick up your slack. Great. And then you start, your boss says something shitty to shit you and you come home and you're pissed about your boss being pissed at you for you living your own life, air quotes, even though you're fucking up. And all of a sudden you take that out on your spouse when you get home type of shit. You know, I, I, I've seen those things happen in my friends' lives all the time. And the thing about it is when you start to realize that Fault is fucking useless. The idea of whoever's fault, anything ever is, is fucking irrelevant 99.9, 9, but actually 100% of the time. Fault is almost always the fucking dumbest thing in the world to focus on because things can be other people's faults that affect your life, right? Yeah. I have had people in those that exact situation I just described that affected my life. It was their fault technically that I wasn't happy in that moment. Cool. My responsibility of my own happiness is my fucking responsibility. Yes. My responsibility of how I react is my mm-hmm. responsibility regardless if something happens to me. If, regardless of what that person does. Regardless of anybody's, again, more air quotes, fucking fault anything ever is. Yeah. It is always your responsibility to figure out how to deal with that shit and live a life that you enjoy that does not fucking harm other people.
1: Absolutely. Y- you are in your respon your responsibility is how you react right we are in control to be happy no matter you know happy sad we are in control of our emotions and some it's okay to be you know unhappy it's okay to not be okay right like that those are fine but also understanding that you are always in control to flip the script you're always in control to see the good in things you're always in control to accept responsibility and build off little wins as opposed to looking at all the things you don't have or you desperately crave and, you know, fall into this, this trap of just blaming everybody else in the world. You know, like, I mean, I was, I mean, up until recently, like, I remember I was blaming COVID for not making it to the NFL. And I had to come to realization with myself, like, you know what, bro, maybe it just wasn't your fucking calling. Maybe you weren't good enough. And that's okay. You know, but like when people, hey, bro, like, oh, what, what happened with ball? Oh, fucking COVID hit. Like, no, dude, I'm blaming COVID for, you know, I could have done better in certain situations, but you know, at the end of the day, it just wasn't my calling and it's my responsibility to then have, take what I have in front of me and be the best that I have with what I have now, as opposed to, you know, living in that, oh, well, COVID fucked me or this person fucked me or it was political or blaming everybody else. Like, nah, bro, you chose to go to that school, to make that choice, to make those plays, to do this, You know right? You chose all these actions that led to that point, And then you can't go back. And, like you said, who's right or wrong. It's just, it is what the fuck it is. And we talk about that all the time. Um, but really learning to just accept things that happen, but accept it and look in the mirror and just realize like this happened. Okay. I'll take responsibility for the actions because some people think that con- consequences come good or bad. There's mm-hmm. going to be an action. There's a reaction. Every action, an action.
0: There's opposite reaction.
1: Exactly. Right. So, the, the bottom line is you're going to get what you, you, I do believe in, you get what you put out, the energy, the love, like, right. If you want things, you should act in that way. So it's just funny when people do things and, you know, blame others for decisions that they made. Like, bro, I didn't put a gun to your head and tell you to do that. You made that decision, bro. This is the consequence from that decision. Don't be mad at the consequence when you knew one was going to happen while you're making that decision. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely, and uh, you get what you put out first of all um, i've got a uh, really, 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 really good friend of mine whose uh, senior quote was uh, "You get what you give okay. which is actually a uh, a song from the new radicals which is what which is what her quote was actually from but uh I have uh, like three or four like rules of my life of like how I personally live my life i don 't mm-hmm. care if other people live their lives this way, but it 's how I live my life and I've always lived my life based off of this thought filter rule of you get what you put in, right? So you get out of anything and what you put into it, right? Um, and it was also like in the, um, the, War, of, the War of Art book that uh, you and I are obsessed with is like uh, territories do not give, they just give – or they do not give back. No, territories do not give. They give back, right? Territories never give first. So whatever your area of expertise is, it will not give and be nice to you first.
1: Mm-hmm. It will
0: only give back right and this takes me back to uh i've told the story about Justin mora before right of when he put me in my place when i was a senior and oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and he did and he had no idea he did it ever i've never even told him that and unless he's listening to this podcast but like for anybody who hasn't heard it before it was this idea of we are um uh like team bonding is what we used to call those parties right a mm-hmm. bunch of a bunch of high school baseball parties where uh uh, a lot of the times the older varsity dudes would get the younger varsity dudes drunk because you're just an asshole varsity athlete, right? Because, you know, apparently it's cool in high school to be fucking mean to people. Yeah, I know. I was a dick. And uh, so Josh was a dude that ended up taking my spot, again, because he was he was better than me. Josh is a better fucking baseball player than I was. Now I can look back and be like, yeah, no shit. The dude deserved to be everywhere he was Yeah, better than me because the dude put in a lot more work and also – it's just a better fucking baseball yeah, player. Man. He's a very that's, good baseball player. That's that's real life. Yeah, he is. And, but uh, so one time I tried to make him drink, knowing that we had some stuff. Not the next day, the day, after a little bit was in the back of my mind. Like I don't know, maybe like maybe he'll be a little hungover and I'll I'll look better the next day. Like because I can handle my shit. Horrible, yeah, horrible yeah. thing to do. Yeah, again, it's terrible. I I was. Yeah, a but you're you're also being human and you know. Yeah, yeah, really yeah for sure. Whatever. For sure. So it's, and I always looked out for him, but also I always looked out for myself first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, but also I was 18 and being a dickhead. And then he literally re- refused a drink on var- in front of a bunch of older varsity people, which for me, I was like, all right, that takes nuts. All right, cool. I didn't refuse it. When, like, any, yeah. Even when I was a freshman, when varsity dudes offered me a drink, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're where I want to be. This is what you do? Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: And he was like, no, man, you get out of your body what you put into it. And I was like, whoa. What? Body what? Well, How are you three or four years younger than me and fucking know that? Like, yeah. I don't know. What? And it fucking that, – that was – I was 18 when I, when I learned that from somebody younger than me. Mm-hmm. That, you, you know, that like X equals X. And what I mean by that is that you get out of shit what you put into it. Yes. Which is literally – comes fully back to the idea of this podcast that we're talking about now is fucking responsibility. Yes. What you get out of anything is your responsibility by what you put into it. Absolutely. It is nobody's fault what you put into any or what you get out of anything besides your own if you want to blame anybody if fault is always a blaming game right yeah if you want to blame anybody if you want to place fault in anybody it's always yourself and which is why this topic of fault versus responsibility comes from mark manson uh and the subtle of not giving a fuck he he talks about a lot and so does will smith Uh, he has quite a few videos on this but actually uh jocko willink the uh navy seal commander um has a book called extreme ownership that when I read it, it fucking blew my mind because it's just like, and it's made my life so much simpler and easier and better. When every single thing, every single thing that ever gives you any negative reaction, if you just say, "This is my fault and responsibility," if you just take it yourself, take it on yourself. Yeah, it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah,
1: it it every really does.
0: Thing. Cause you start to give energy into people and
1: things that don't deserve it. When you're blaming, first of all, you're giving them power, first of all. And I think the thing that people forget that we can control is our intentions and our focus. That's like two of the biggest things that I've Ooh, been learning. Focus it's is like, a good one. well, we can control our focus on what we're focusing on, right? Like, okay, something bad happens. Okay. Shit, shit, shit goes wrong. Right. Um, what do I have in front of me? What do I have now? Like start to analyze that way as opposed to fuck, this is gone. This is like, you're focusing on the negative and you're staying on that vibration as opposed to switching the focus and going, okay, that happened. That sucks. How do, where do I go from here? How do I go up? What, what good do I still have to work with? What do I have to work with to get to where I want to go now? Right. Um, and a crazy thing. I'm reading the 12 rules of life and just the timing of, of things is impeccable. Right. And I was, uh, reading uh, yesterday and this quote came up from Jordan P Peterson and he said, not everyone who is failing is a victim and not everyone at the bottom wishes to rise. It's the easiest, easiest path to choose moment to moment, but hell in the long run. Right. And it's like, um, pretty much just talking about like people sometimes love being in that victim mentality. That's comfortable to them is being in that victim mentality Pointing fingers, blaming others because that's what they know. That's where they feel comfortable because they're too scared to own up to their own shit. When in reality, if you just take it, own it and move on, everything gets better. And so it's just a crazy concept of, and we all get into this mind where we think that things are happening to us and it's the world's fault and all this kind of shit. And it's easy to feel that way. I've definitely felt that way before. I do several times. Like it's, it's easy to jump into that victim mindset a lot and be stuck there you know what i mean like shits, in it goes fucking life is hard man it's not for the weak <laughs> it's gonna happen
0: you know what i mean like and we're not perfect but you, you guys have at? no idea what you just did in my mind just now <laughs> why did you time out why did you say life is not for the weak um i don't know i mean Cause i was about to quote something that has another quote very very similar to that which i'm also going to get tattooed on me because i I I hear quotes from TV shows and movies, and I get them tatted on me. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, And books. You know, I'm a walking fucking piece of word word art. Um, Love that. Why did you say life is not for the weak?
1: Because you have, it's in order to, to, like, life is fucking hard. It's not for the weak. Like, you have to be strong to go through life. You're going to, like, the only thing fucking promised is the unknown and it is bad shit. You know what I mean? Like shit's going to happen. We live on a fucking floating rock like we always talk about. Nature we can't control. I mean we try to build as humans, build around and control all this shit. But if a fucking earthquake happened and sinkhole, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much uncontrollable shit. Like shit's going to go wrong. It's inevitable that bad shit's going to happen. So it's not for the fucking week. You have to be resilient. And taking responsibility is hard. And, and not being a victim is hard because it's easier just to blame everybody else instead of just taking on your fucking self and owning it. Like, you know, fuck, I fucked up. I'll do better. And it's something that I think where sports teaches us and all kinds of different stuff. But it's fucking hard, man. Nothing and nothing in life is easy and comes easy. It's the people that, you know, I watched a uh, true story. This that new Kevin Hart um, show, and it's fucking amazing. He killed it. He's a great actor. Um, the storyline is awesome. But I mean he's he's pretty much saying like, you know, his brother is telling him like, man, you you got all rich and famous, man, and and you you live this life. And he's like, man, there were he's like there's years that nobody knows about when I was homeless, when you know, like and everybody's trying to take from me and I had to work like three jobs just to get the, like no you don't know everybody's story. And so like even the guy at the very the people at the very top in the game have gone through some shit and it was fucking hard. You know, very few times are people just handed The things that they get, you know, so it's not for the fucking week. If you really want to live this life and be peaceful and, um, get to a point in life where you're free and you've done the things and you've reached these goals, it's going to take some sacrifice and hard moments and shit where you're on your fucking knees in the mud. If you want to be a victim and just be complacent and live a shitty life, then stay in that mentality. And it'll be a, you know, pleasure moment to moment type shit. But in the long run, you're going to be fucking miserable.
0: Boom. Boom. Do, you want to, do you want to send the goddamn podcast now? <laughs> do you want to retire the no. anti- Not just this episode. Do you want to retire the whole fucking podcast? <laughs> get the mic, get out of here. So the reason I asked is because the Arrow is always, uh, always has been and probably always will be my favorite show ever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's about the antihero, the Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, um, superhero. It's great, fantastic. Every single person in the world should watch it. And um, there's a moment in the show where um, he is actually put in jail. And like, but, like, uh, actually, he's more of a uh, kidnapped, actually, technically. So he's, like, basically a, a prisoner, like, but, like, not, like, a jailed prisoner, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the person that takes him shoots him in the stomach and then hands him a uh, dish with, like, uh, a shot uh, and um, a rag and some uh, pliers and something else of, like, uh, you, you can live if you perform surgery on yourself. it's easier to die and so literally the the mate next to him his like the prison mate was says living is not for the weak. it's not (laughs) it's not at all right so i was literally about to talk about uh when you're going through something and that's what i what i was like literally just looking up like the exact definition of what this like actually means um because i was about to quote the show and this is like one of my second or third favorite shows quotes ever, and I was thinking about it, and then you just said, life is not for the weak, which made me think of my my favorite quote, which is, living is not for the weak, which comes from the show, Arrow. So now I'm going to talk about what I was going to talk about before you blew my mind and mentioned my first quote. Perfect. Let's do that. Um, So it's the idea of a crucible, right? So there's a book called The Crucible. It's great. It's awesome. You probably, you were actually... I don't know if you read it in elementary school or middle school, but you were at least assigned it. <laughs> <In> elementary, <school.
1: laughs> I didn't, If I wasn't elementary school, I for sure didn't fucking read it. I'll tell you that exactly that
0: because that's exactly the same thing I did. It's not start reading
1: until like last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. Which is funny because I started buying books four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh um, But there's the idea of like uh, generally, people. People believe there are two people that go through a school, and this is me like misquoting something. This idea concept from uh, from Arrow. And the first person is the person who obviously goes through a crucible, which is basically defined as, like, a really, really hard trial of life, right? Okay. When you go through, like, when you go through the shits, when you go through, like, the really, like, the deep, hard, fucking terrible mm-hmm. parts of life. Like, yeah. Every single person encounters, right? The First person is the one that exits stronger for it, right? They got through it, and and they they become a stronger person for it, right? The second person is the one who dies. It's the person that, that doesn't make it, actually. Like, mm-hmm. they... they This shit was too heavy and too hard, and they they didn't make it through. People genuinely think there's only those two people. And then the character in Arrow uh, says, actually, there's a third person. And it's a person that actually loves the pain so much because it's all that they're used to. It's easier to stay in the pain than to move anywhere else. Yes. Which can be, which is something that doesn't make it specifically the victim mentality at all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. But it can't it can very quickly, like, avalanche downwards towards that victim mentality of, like, it's easier to just never think that I can get out of this because it can never get better because everything happens to me, right? Yeah. Um, But, like, I I personally know specifically what it's like to just stay in the pain and to stay in the shit and to stay silent because it's just easier to do that. But also, not to the point of, like, I forfeit responsibility and – I forfeit everything because everything's happening to me. No. You know what I mean? So there, there is a way between both of those. But I was thinking about that because – but also, it's a slippery slope. It's, it's a very fucking thin line yes. of how much it can be like, oh, are you living in pain because it's easier, because you think everything's happening to you, because you're forfeiting all responsibility, and you're becoming a fucking victim? Like, is that what's going on? Because it's a hard fucking thing to ask yourself. It's a hard – that's a very, very, very difficult conversation to have with yourself.
1: It is. It is. And I think um, the crazy part is, yeah, I mean, sometimes we are conditioned in those right environments as far as like, this is all I know. This is all I've been taught. This is what I've known. And you reach a point where it's like, are you going to lose everything good around you to stay in this spot because you're comfortable? Or are you going to own up Burn the fucking boats, and because I mean, here's the deal: when when everything gets taken and you're in the mud and you're you're going through the shits and your backs against the wall, you're gonna really find out who you are, what you're capable of, and how strong you are. And you can either give into that darkness and take the easy way out, or you can own up to your shit, get uncomfortable, go through some fucking hard shit, and come out the other side to all the beautiful things in life that are meant for you. You know what I mean? On the other side of all this chaos. And it's very, it's fucking hard and no one's going to sit here and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's easy. You're not going to sit here and tell, tell people it's easy because it's fucking hard. And being a human being in this experience is fucking hard. It's, it's, but constantly doing hard shit, like the little things and like meditating every day is fucking hard. It's, oh, hard it's so hard to
0: be consistent. And you said, okay. All you
1: do is sit still and listen. Exactly, it's fucking so hard. I don't have time. I can't do. I I use every excuse in the fucking book. Sometimes I don't have time. What the fuck do you mean? You work for yourself, bro. You create your own fucking <laughs> schedule. Like you know what I mean? Or working out, taking cold showers, just being consistent and doing hard shit. And the thing that like I took from, um, I told you like Les Spellman does stress tests during the combine where he makes it super fucking uncomfortable because the combine is uncomfortable. How do you perform under these uncomfortable situations? Mike Leach on Fridays before games puts the crowd noise up to a thousand in the stadium and we make it hard to communicate. We put ourselves in tough situations in practice so the game becomes that much easier. And it's the whole David Goggins thing of callousing your mind, right? And mm-hmm. building your mind up to be able to take the hard shit. Because it's fucking hard, you know? And so I don't know, man. It's 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 easy, like we said, to fall to this victim mentality, especially if that's all you know. Um but the thing is you're gonna reach a point where You have to take the look around and look in the mirror and be like, is this how I want to live my life? Is this my existence? Is this my, the value I'm going to bring to the world while putting others in in hard positions and hurting others and taking from others and all because of my actions and my mentality instead of just owning up, going through it and making the necessary changes so you don't keep making the same fucking mistakes. That's the biggest thing with the victim is you're going to keep putting blame on people and not fix it, so the same shit is going to happen over and over and over again, insanity you know doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results and that 's what the victim mentality is. If you never take responsibility for it you 'll never grow
0: i 'm um, trying to formulate a question for you, and i 'm trying to think of like the best way to word it because i 'd love yeah. to hear your answer of um, Do you think that this idea of the victim mentality and fault versus responsibility hits harder in some parts of life? Than others, because I definitely do. Yeah. You do think that?
1: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it it's a, I mean, because only you okay, know. The
0: way I'm thinking about it is like the basics of like, um basically, a bunch of fucking adverbs, but like uh, romantically, financially, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all of those, okay. something, an Ali. Yeah. Any words that end in Ali? <laughs> Any of those words besides my sister's name, Emma Ali? Any of those? So, do you think that they hit different? Because in my mind, I, um, in my mind, they they totally hit different because they like hit different parts of like my brain and my heart and my soul. I think so where it's like it's easier to like be like, no, I I have responsibility over this. Mm-hmm. And there's other things where it's like, uh, no, maybe I maybe it is their fault and I don't have responsibility. And then I catch myself. I right? think but at least I'll default there first.
1: I think where we love most and the things we love most is the hardest. Yes. to take responsibility for. And totally it's almost right. like the, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, the fear is your compass and, um, that whole, like it's hard. Like the hard things are the ones that are worth, you know? Cause like if it, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it's like, yeah, fuck I fucked up, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, but the more that you care about something, the more you love it, the more passionate you are about it, the harder it is to, first of all, achieve the harder it is to take responsibility when you fuck up, you know, it's like, it's, so yeah, I do think it hits different in certain aspects of life. You know, um, it's easier, you know, like, I don't know, for me in sports, it's very cut and dry. Like you drop the ball, like, yeah, I fucked up, you know, like it is what it is. But life, when there's so many different uncontrollables and things happen and you're put in situations or whatever the case is, like, or it's with loved ones, family, uh, you know, your significant other, whatever the case is, like it is hard to take blinders off and be like, who, who's am I like when, be in the wrong. It's hard to be wrong. It's hard to say you're yeah. wrong. It's hard to say it's your fault. It's hard to be like, yo, dude, I fucked up to somebody you love because you don't want to hurt those people. You know, so you're trying to keep continuing to um, you know, I wouldn't say cover up, but like try to make it less your fault when in reality if you just take it on the chin and it's like we can work from there.
0: But if you're not gonna yeah. take
1: responsibility and keep pushing it off. The we can work
0: up. from there part is the take responsibility part. Yes. Yeah, but so we want to, to take it on the chin. part is a part of like defaulting. Fault. Mm-hmm. Taking it on the chin is like where the point of like fault doesn't matter. Yeah. We can work from here as a part of, hey, responsibility is mine.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's so as soon as you start taking responsibility, that's where we can work with growth. And that's where things will get mm-hmm. better because you start to realize you're always in control. And it's scary as fuck. It was like the first time I, I put this in my email. The first time I watched The Secret, I started tripping out because it's like, no, your thoughts are manifestations and I'm, and we have bad thoughts all the fucking time. Crazy yeah, cool thoughts. One. And we and Kevin Hart opens up with that with this scene where he's talking about you'll never ever understand what's going on in another person's mind. Ever. You'll never understand their true intentions and you'll never you'll never understand the things that they do, like the reasons because you're not in that person's mind. No matter what they say, do, you'll never understand what they're going through, right? So at the end of the day, it's up to us to really work on the person we spend the most time with and that's ourselves and reach a point where we love every part of ourselves the good and the bad and take responsibility for all of it and if it is bad try to see the things that we can do to make it less bad and it might not even be your fault right it could be because your upbringing your environment whatever the case is like bad things happen to kids and, and it traumatizes them but still it's up to you to make the most of your circumstance change it and fucking figure it out a
0: hundred percent and uh well, the last, uh, you know, three months of my life specifically, but like, uh, you know, a bit longer than that is like the idea of this romantically is actually hitting super hard for me, mm-hmm. as uh, me being newly single, um, after almost eight fucking years, mm-hmm. um, after uh, my ex girlfriend and I broke up, which even calling her an ex fucking feels weird to me. Yeah. Still, I'm, I know it's like almost three months then, since. Yeah. And it's the idea of I've been thinking about this. Of fault and responsibility romantically is probably so fucking hard for people. It is because it 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 does rely on another person's input of something, of actions yeah. or something else. Where it's like it's not fully on you anymore, yeah. even though like it is, but like it's different. You're a it you. You different.
1: Yeah, you're making like, decisions based off another person sometimes.
0: Yeah, so so it's like if if I fuck up my business, like I fucked up my business. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. It's my mm-hmm. fault and my responsibility. Yes. But So, uh, and like, so mm-hmm. say like unhappiness, say one week I am unhappy. Why I am unhappy is because I've made a mistake in my business and then I'm starting to realize it's my responsibility to fix that and create, recreate my own happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Every single variables me, right? I fucked up and it's also my responsibility to go ahead and, and fix that, right? Yes. The really, really hard thing is. So say you just break up out of a long relationship, right? And one party decides to move on, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that hurts the other party. Yes. That's where shit gets really tricky, right? That's where Mm -hmm. like, oh fuck, emotions and feelings in life fucking suck sometimes, right? Yes. Or what's even worse is that you think that somebody else is like maybe moving on, like you might misread something because social media fucks us all up and you see a picture or an Instagram or a Snapchat or a thing or anything happens, right? But, like, that person caused your unhappiness for that, for that day, right? It, it, technically, if we're, if we're placing fault and blame, it's their fault you're unhappy, right? The worst part is realizing, uh, and you go, yeah, but it's not their responsibility to make me happy, though. Exactly. It's my exactly. fucking responsibility to make me happy. Exactly. That's, that's where it's one of those things where it's like what, everything we're saying is still true, but I'm recognizing it's fucking far more difficult to take that responsibility and, and continue it and make yourself happy again, right? Yes. Because you can do things, and this is what I've, I've been introduced to this uh, for the first time in like literally eight years. So it's that thing I'm like, it's top of mind right now of like, she can do things or I can do things that hurt me or hurt her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I can do things and they can hurt her and mm-hmm. she can do things and they can hurt me. Yes, But I, I know me and I, I know her too we will never do things to intentionally hurt each other yeah you're just doing what's best for you so it's it's fucking fascinating because it can still hurt almost all the same right yeah yeah it doesn't matter fucking pain is pain bro. Yeah. pain fucking hurts right and especially when you create these situations in your mind then you amplify the pain a billion yeah. times you, you take it personal you're like they're doing this exactly. in spite of me like no it brother you're fucking responsible Ability to be happy. Whether yes. I hurt you unintentionally or you hurt me unintentionally, yes. it is still my responsibility to find my own happiness.
1: That is the key, I think, to all relationships, either with yourself, significant others, friends. It's when you put your happiness. Uh, how do I put? It? If you give somebody else the power of your happiness, or you put your happiness in someone else, and it's dependent on somebody else—a friend, a little brother, your dad, whatever the fucking case is. If you put your happiness, if you depend on them for your happiness, you're fucked. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure. At the end of the day. anybody
0: for any emotion, basically.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So relationships and where real growth comes in is when you realize you have to do things necessary for yourself to be happy. And in result of you being happy, we have a happy relationship. We have a healthy relationship. It's you have to work on yourself first. Yep. You have to be the best version of yourself in order to be the best partner, to be the best friend, to be the best son, to be whatever the case is, right? Like you have to be your best version, fill your cup. Cause if you're half that it's, that's where resentment comes in when you're like, Oh, well I did this for you. And it's like, well, I didn't ask yeah. you to do that. You made that decision. If that doesn't make yeah. you happy, you shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Do what's best for you always. And that's where it comes up. If you're going to compromise for a relationship, you have to understand that you did that. You made the decision to compromise and you can't be mad at your partner you know, for taking advantage of your comp- of your compromised self. So at the end of the day, I feel like as long as you aren't compromising yourself, your true passions, your true loves and everything that makes you, you and being authentic and continuing to grow as an individual, then everything else will just fall into place.
0: Yeah. And this is actually, Oh, this make me think about, uh, romantic and relationship stuff, but also all sorts of things of like, uh, people who go back to the scoreboard of like, uh, keep score, of uh, friends who loan each other money. Friends who do things for each other. Yeah. Okay. Parents who do things for their children. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you have somebody that keeps that score in a way to where they they level that score over you as mm-hmm. leverage to make you do things later.
1: Fuck those people.
0: That is a transactional professional relationship and that is it. That is a narcissistic like, in a In a professional relationship sometimes like – yeah. That transactional shit is like how business gets done, and I understand Absolutely. that. If both parties are fully aware that this is what the relationship is. Yes,
1: yes. It's professional, if it's, yeah.
0: If it is your significant other, or it's your fucking parent, mm-hmm, yeah, if shit like that happens, no. Then it becomes awkwardly transactional. Well, it's no, it's like like no longer now, unconditional.
1: It's no longer unconditional.
0: It's Yeah, exactly. And then it yeah. is a conditional relationship, and mm-hmm. conditional relationships are often only professional.
1: Cause it's, it's performance based
0: Exactly. You doing right.
1: for me, you know, it's all good. But the moment that something bad happens and you want to hold that leverage over the head and you want to make people feel bad, that's when, that's when the real shit starts. That's when you can't just, okay, like, hey, bro, you made that fucking decision to do that thing for somebody, right? Like I, the thing like with our friendship, like I owe you money. Yes. I am in debt to you, but you have never once brought that up and you continue to still do things to me and you add it to my tab but you continue <laughs> to, but right though, but it's, and I know, I know that it's, it's unconditional. You're not ever, I mean, obviously there's an agreement,
0: right? But it's not ever it's like, so really get like that a, it's like a million, a million dollars. It's yeah, million yeah. It's like, hey bro, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. support, support, please start chipping away, bro. Now, there's
1: definitely levels to shit. There's definitely, there's definitely like yeah, exactly. when we're talking to this for people listening, it's not like, well, yeah, there's certain cases where it's like, yo bro, fucking I need my money. Right. But it's not like in the sense of, it, it, the intention like oh bro remember when i did this for you and, and strong arming people and holding leverage over people like that's not the way the world works and if that's how you know like even business wise i feel like if you're just a good person dude it's just good things happen when you're using leverage it'll come back to bite you in the ass someone's gonna have something over you if you continuously use leverage over people
0: and and this is something where i know both of you have you and i have both dealt with this of uh of of parents um Specifically, you know, um, I'll say it. Uh, specifically, our dads of like saying shit to us where it's like, well, I did this for you. And you're like, thanks for taking on the responsibility of being a father. Yeah. By the way, exactly. Let me remind you, and this is going to sound really raunchy, Oops. but you fucked mom 25 years ago. I, I, that, yeah. I, now I'm here, bro. Sorry you didn't wrap like, it up, you, you did that 25 <laughs> years ago, and I, now I'm a consequence. And stop being mad for taking care of the consequence that you fucking yeah. created. But
1: right? it's all your decisions. It's all your you, – you did that thing and, for me. That's your fucking decision. No one asked you to.
0: And right? it makes me think about relationship stuff myself. Cause it's, like, um, where it's like when it comes to like my past relationship uh, with her, it's like uh, I can't think of a single time in eight years that she ever did something like that. Mm-hmm. Not a single time Where she did something nice And then reused it Pulled that card later No
1: that should, It should never happen
0: But I can think of like I may have done that Once or twice I, I yeah. can't actually think of the time But uh-huh. I may have done that
1: mm-hmm. And I'm
0: now thinking about it More and more Like I fucking I hope not And if she can If she ever listens to this And thinks about it Like I will apologize for it Because like What a fucking terrible thing Because that's happened to me before Yeah But like In a relationship That went so well For basically For almost eight years She never did that Fucking once to me Yeah But also, also, and I I was hyper fucking aware because other people in my life did that to me.
1: Well, that's that's the thing because if things are happening to you through your upbringing, the relationships that you have, that's all you know. You know, I had like a purging the other night of like, I wasn't very, do you know, like the way I treated people prior to like meeting Minnie was it just wasn't like, not that it was ever like crazy bad, you know, but I just... Who I am now, I can never see myself treating the way I treated people, right? It's like mm-hmm. – and all we have is we fuck up and we learn, and that it's to not make those mistakes again. But all you know is what you know, and especially your upbringing. So if that happened to you and you're passing it down, it's up to that person to break that – that um, what's it like? It keeps that uh, pattern. It's up to you to break that pattern of the, of the same things happening, right, to teach something new, to teach how to really act and treat somebody and treat people, treat your loved ones, your significant other – in a healthy growth mindset way, right? So um, it's up to us, right? You can sit there and blame like, oh, my parents didn't do this for my parents to do that to me. Well, you know what, dude? If you you recognize it and you want it to change, you'll find a way to change it and it's up to you. Because you know what, you can't blame them because that's all they know too, right? So it's just this pattern of shit that it takes people to take responsibility for things and break those patterns.
0: Yeah, and the really hard thing about, especially when it comes to fucking parent relationships, is the fact of, like, when you tell someone, like, it doesn't matter, it's so much easier to argue and say it does. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, it it doesn't actually, your happiness, like, it doesn't matter if your mom or dad did this or didn't do this. Yeah. In terms of, like, regardless if they did or did not, if you aren't happy, you still have to figure out how to get happy. Exactly, I don't, like, I, which also makes might make me sound like a, like a pompous asshole who doesn't understand life. Cool, great, awesome. If you are someone that just registered that thought that way, great. It's still your goddamn responsibility yeah. to figure out how to be happy. Yes, and if you getting happy is getting angry at other people to justify why you're unhappy. Yeah exactly right, unhappy no yeah, and, and still at the end of the day it is still your fucking responsibility to be happy
1: yeah when well, and it's and it's terrible to be around those people of negativity that are unhappy and energy vampires and want to because here's the deal those people misery loves company and it is so fucking true if someone oh is going God, down true. and they want to pull you down with them and put blame on you and say all the things that you could have done to help them like fuck you dude i have my own life i have my mm-hmm. own life to it's live
0: about personally misery love company loves company when you're in a shitty spot in life you know when you're going through the shits because we all go through like phases sometimes it's a fucking hour sometimes it's fucking six months trust me it can go a lot longer yeah and all of a sudden you start to realize misery loves company in like your spotify playlist even (laughs) and you're like holy shit i'm going out of my way to listen to sad music right now because i'm sad yes yes okay Today, I decided to listen to more upbeat music, if that des- describes how I've been feeling lately. <laughs> been fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's true. Music I've to, as opposed to what I listened to this past weekend.
1: Well, I, I, that's completely really different. I just listened to a podcast with Jay Shetty where he's talking about finding peace in your life. And it is, and I'll, that'll be my next point, is like surrounding yourself with content, people, places, and things that push you, challenge you, and bring, make you, you know upbeat and happy and right. So like if you're consuming all this sad shit and like, you're going to fucking be sad, you're going to be stuck in that vibration in that mindset. If you're listening to good music about dreams and goals and and all this good stuff and people that are pushing you, challenging you and being surrounded where you're with people that want to be successful, that just want to keep going and building and growing in that growth mindset. If you're with people that are stagnant and hate their fucking life and hate their job and tell you how much they hate their job and their life and all that kind of shit, like get the fuck away from me. Like, Yep. I don't want that negative energy anywhere near my aura, right? And yep. you know, we're going to go through shit and we need help and we need tribe. But if you're going to keep being insane and doing the same thing over and over again to where it's starting to affect me as a person, that's where it's cut off. You you have to do the work too, bro. It can't, you can't rely on everybody else to do work for you. You have to do the work. Your tribe should be there to help you. But if you're not willing to put in the work, then you got to look yourself in the mirror. Because people ask for help for a lot of different reasons. That's what I'm learning for in the 12 Rules of Life. He's like, Man, people ask for help, but some people don't really want help. Maybe they want help for you to make themselves feel better, which is terrible intent. Maybe they want to bridge that gap, make it a little bit more less of a gap to where you're doing so much better that they want to bring that gap down, right? And they just want to keep you in their back pocket of, oh, because givers are always willing to give and takers are going to take. So if you're always showing that you're available and you're just like, oh, at the drop of a hat, I'm there for you, it's going to keep being there because they never have to do the work themselves. So if you really love somebody... You have to make them do the work themselves.
0: Have you uh, – I've mentioned Trevor Moad before. Yes, uh, yes, you have. You know who he is, right? Yeah. Um He is, uh, was known as one of, the, uh, one of the, if not the greatest uh, sports psychologists of all time. He actually just passed away this uh, past year. And I, uh, I had a really, really, really um, blessed experience of uh, – I actually got to sit in a room with him and uh, Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, Jordan Palmer, Kate McNamara. the the current quarterback in Michigan who just fucking beat Ohio State because also, fuck Ohio State, but also, (laughs) go Green, go Michigan State, always. Um, But, so, like, I was there with those four dudes, uh, then Jordan and, like, Cade's dad, and then Trevor fucking Moed, and it was us, and we were the Hurley, the Hurley world headquarters in a conference room, and it was just us for, like, two or three hours, and it was fucking incredible. Um... And I just got to sit there and take notes and fucking listen to this guy, Trevor Moad. And then a year later, he releases a book called It Takes What It Takes. And a I lot of that. it – and then the foreword is by Russell Wilson, who ended up being one of his business partners. And Trevor Moad was one of the fucking kindest and most intelligent, emotional – one of the most emotional, intelligent people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, ever. Fucking yeah. brilliant. We
1: interview. love some good EI.
0: Exactly. <laughs> You're fucking right. We love some good EI. Uh, and – what was crazy about that book is that it was written for athletes, right? And every single thing, every single chapter has something that non-athletes need more than athletes. Because Absolutely. I, I, I was able to read it as, like a, non, as a current non-athlete, mm-hmm. having been an athlete. And it takes what it takes. I don't know if I have ever once heard of a book title. That was more perfect.
1: Yeah, th- yeah I, I love that title. I didn't even know yeah. about that book existed and I love that title.
0: It, it takes what it takes. Because I'm going to read it about, now. Think about any emotion you want to feel ever in the any capacity of your life. Yeah. It takes what it takes to feel an emotion. Yeah, it, whether, it's not going to change. Whether it is sadness, whether it is anger, right? Whether it is security, whether it is being romantically and physically and sexually turned on, it takes what it takes and it and I, It takes what it takes. Yeah. So now that we're thinking about this, uh, we've been talking about fault, responsibility, victim mentality. Your happiness and joy, your freedom, your liberation, whatever makes you feel fulfilled in this lifetime, takes what it takes. And it is unique purely to you. So if you have these weird little quirky shits that you have to say to yourself, that you have to do, you have this weird routine. Maybe you have this meditation. Maybe you have this woo-woo shit that people make fun of you for. Maybe you have this weird routine and this weird whatever. If it brings you happiness, you do not have to fucking justify it to anybody. And your shit takes what it takes. And you don't have to fucking explain it to any fucking soul, even if you are married with children. As long as it does not physically fucking harm anybody else, your shit takes what it takes. And you are entitled to it until you fucking die.
1: Well, it is... It is yeah. your life experience.
0: Welcome, welcome to that TED Talk. That, that was that was my bomb for the, for the podcast.
1: I love uh, that it, it takes what it takes because yeah, it is true. And, and life is not a one size fits all. You know, it's no, different for it's everybody. Not so people. Um, I think beyond common, The thing that we're trying to push most is is just being yourself and unique and the little things that it that make you you and finding out what those are and finding out that you know like the whole thing is we don't. We're not here to celebrate sameness, but to salute distinction. You know, that's one of your favorite things. And it's so true because like, man, life would be boring if we were all the same. And if everybody's routine worked for everybody, right? There'd just be one routine. Like you have to find out what works for you in all aspects. If that's waking up early, sleeping in, like you don't have to be the guy that wakes up at six o'clock because that's what this, this dude does. What works for you? What makes you the best version of yourself? What makes you the happiest? What makes you the most positive? What feeds your soul and brings value to your life? And I think, um, Once you learn to take responsibility for it, your life, that's where you start to learn those things. But if you continuously blame others and don't take responsibility, you'll never find out what makes you you because you're just blaming everything else, right? So it's, it's just this whole thing. It's going to fall back on. And I think it's the number one thing I've learned through these 25 years of life so far is stop being a fucking victim. And I've done that. I've done that my, my life before too. Like, fuck this coach. This guy doesn't see it in me. He doesn't want this from me or he said this. And it's, it's very easy to take shit personal. It is. And it's e- very easy to blame others. But at the end of the fucking day, you put yourself in that situation. It's on you to get out of it. It's always on you. And it's the Never Back Down movie. Like, it's on you. It always has been, right? When he keeps saying that to me, he doesn't understand. And it's like, it's on you to control the outcome. And that's fucking true. You surrender to life. To breathe. Breathe. Yeah. breathe. Everything breathe. You surrender to life and we, and it's working on that. And that's something that I've been struggling with is just surrendering, but you're also in control of how you react, right? Yep. You have to react to things, good, bad, whatever in between, but you're in control of how you do it. You know, it's controlling your, like uh, athletes, you're always in control of your effort. You're always in control of showing up on, like it's, it's always, it's those little things, but it's about, it's life too. You're always in control of your effort, your intent, your focus. Like wherever you put that, that's what you're gonna get out of it. So if you're putting in other people, you're putting you're putting. If you're gonna blame me, you're putting me in control of your life. And here's the deal: no one's gonna love your life more than you love it. So if you're putting it on me, I'm gonna do what's best for me, and that's probably not best for you. So you should probably take control of your own fucking life.
0: Yeah, and thinking about it, um, this is it's like a really terrible metaphor, but think about it this way: um, uh, Lauren ex-girlfriend, uh, like for context, but also, again, I don't want to like, title her that way because yeah. she's Lauren. She's also still a very good friend of mine. She's an yeah. incredible person and she's a fucking, she's fucking awesome. She's uh, very, very
1: smart. She, well.
0: yeah, she's wickedly intelligent, that's for fucking sure. Uh, and again, she's fucking great. Yes. But so say Second the example battery. of, uh, every once in a while we used to make my bed, right? And uh, I used to like put my pillows. Somewhere. He said every, <laughs> every
1: once in a while. Said, <laughs> every once
0: in a while. To make, well, like together we make my bed. Yeah. i make my bed every morning. But uh, we used to make – you used to make my bed, right? And uh, I would put my pillows in a different way that made me happy, right? Yeah. And then she would be like, no, it has to look this way. But I'm like, I know that there's two big pillows, but, like, I never sleep with either of the big pillows on my side. So, like, I always put both of them this way. Yeah. She's like, it doesn't symmetrically look right. I'm like, no, I know. I know it doesn't look right, but it's my fucking bed. Yeah. And I sleep this way. So when I enter my bed – I'm like you're the only one you're the only person that's going to see my bed. I, I, yeah. would you, like if you can accept it cool. There's nobody yeah. there's nobody else. I yeah. don't tell you there's nobody else. But like this and it's just like this funny metaphor of like uh no no everything is in your hands all the time. And as soon as you forfeit anything to somebody else's hands that controls an environment or a thing or a feeling about your own life, you forfeit an emotion that you want to feel. Yes. So it's like if I want to enter my bed at night in a calming manner to go to sleep in the routine and way I want to go to sleep, that is so minimal, right? Just moving the pillows and all the shit, right? But also Mm -hmm. it's like it is minimal. But if I can fucking do it myself the way that I want to do it and keep everything in control in my hands because I own this responsibility of how I hold my routine and go to sleep at night. Yes. And I'm going to do it my way. As soon as I forfeit that, that's my fucking fault.
1: Yes, it is.
0: And also… While that is still my fault, I have take fault, it is still my responsibility for being annoyed and then recuperating and figuring it out to go to sleep that night too. Absolutely. And that little terrible fucking metaphor simile that I just played out is the same for fucking anything in life. Yeah. The same I, for fucking anything.
1: And it's not me confused with like um, – like I love doing things for other people, but it's not compromising. Yeah. I'm not compromising myself. I love doing little things or things that make many happy – and um, being that person, right? But I'm not compromising any of my emotions or my happiness to do those things because that's where we talk about resentment comes in from friendships, whatever the case is, yeah. and having expectations, right? Um, I think our, a big thing too is over communicating and not expecting. It's like if we just over communicate instead of expecting results, because that's where when you're expecting things, that's where you're setting yourself up for you know disappointment. You know, when you you're
0: don't trying expect. Can you let me know? <laughs> a unicorn?
1: Can you But it takes practice. It takes practice to have those conversations with each other and, you know, with it other does, people. For sure. It's,
0: yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a muscle. You have to work the communication muscle. You have to work it. You know, if you don't ever step up and work it and go through those uncomfortable conversations, you know, you're never going to get there individually, most importantly, but as a, you know, relationship, romantic or friend, whatever the case is. But
0: which is, um, which is why you and I, you and I don't have surface level friendships.
1: No, at all. I was just talking to about that today. Like I'm over the surface level we, shit. There's just no point. We
0: don't like at all. And, uh, like I, there's somebody who I just like re met in my life, actually. Um, that like I met when I was in like, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Right. And, uh, she's one of those people that like, I don't look at romantically at all. Actually, she's a, but, like, we connect so deeply as fucking friends. Mm-hmm. Because within 20 minutes of, like, re-meeting each other, like, as new people, like, 10 years later. So, technically, it's like, it's almost basically meeting each other for the first time. Almost. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're a whole four. other person. Yeah. You're, when you're 13 versus 25. It's like a fucking completely different person. Right? Yeah. And right away, right away, I'm like, this, this girl is somebody who's going to be in my life for the rest of my life yeah because she is fucking cool as shit mm-hmm. also because i'm i love like i don't give a fuck what car you drive or like what your favorite color is like i'm not yeah. like, cool like it could be red yellow green purple i don't, I don't give a shit it could be yeah. fucking razzmatazz <laughs> i don't i don't give a shit if it's bandit smith apple right but like cool how's your relationship with your family why is it like that like why why did you pay for this thing why deeply? No, tell me more. Why is this part of your routine? Why you wake up and say those things to yourself versus like all of the deep, 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 deep shit that you take responsibility for in your own life? I want to know about because right away, whether we agree or disagree, I'm like if you can be vulnerable, vulnerable enough to communicate those things with me, we're trying right away. I know yeah, right away absolutely. you and I are like. And if you're cool with us disagreeing about things, because like you and I both disagree with people on things all the time, yeah, and it's like if we can like respectfully disagree on things and still move forward
1: you're supposed to I that's how you I learn
0: that more right Yes,
1: that's how you grow that's how you learn you're if you surround yourself with too much of the same shit like a growth mindset doesn't need to mean that you agree on everything but if you're surrounding yourself with people that only think like you you're never constantly learning and our whole thing is being relentlessly curious and i think when you know to some things i want to end on is pretty much like the notion of all this shit we're talking about, right? I think when people go to dies, they just lose their child. Like they lose their child, like in the sense of being relentlessly curious and always learning. When you think you've made it, that's when you die, you know, the inside, that's when your soul dies because it's yep. never ending. You're constant. You can constantly grow into new things and, and new paths. And when you, when you lose that childlike curiosity and wanting and willingness to discover and go see new things and go into the unknown and, see what this means and see what, because you never know. You'll never find your true self if you don't go try that shit because it's like, you. what if that's, yeah. what if that's and, the thing and, that you were meant to do?
0: And the willingness to discover, my favorite part about that idea is like, that willingness to discover can literally just be shit in your own mind. Yes. The willingness to discover can literally just be like, how far are, you at, how far are your boundaries for communications and regular conversations with other people? Mm-hmm. That alone is maybe even more powerful than seeing how far you can physically go how far you can travel, how far you can do a thing or any of that shit, how far you can actually take a conversation and connect emotionally and deeply with another human being. That's fucking way more impressive to me. Yes. Yeah. Way more impressive than what you can endure in anything else.
1: Exactly. And I think um, that, that childlike and willingness to go discover is just something that um, it's different for everybody, you know, and it's going to come at your own time and, You know, people make a ton of excuses of, well, I can't just do this. I have a family, I have it, you know, and at the end of the day, I understand there's shit that needs to be done. But at the same time, if you want something bad enough, including your happiness, you're going to figure it out. And I think, um, everything that, I mean, everything we talk about, like we love the thing is doing hard shit. And I think this whole, this whole topic can be summed up in doing hard shit because doing hard shit and getting out of your comfort zone is, is the equation for growth um, and getting out of a victim mentality, bringing that childlike mindset back, bringing the willingness to discover of just doing hard shit and figuring out what works for you.
0: So, and, and again, just to, to wrap it up of the idea of, uh, nothing that Caleb and I ever said, right. Uh, and this is me speaking directly towards, towards whoever's listening and or watching us, uh, nothing we ever say we will claim to be easy. No. <laughs> and even this, this isn't even simple. A lot of times I'll be like, "Man, this shit's simple, but not easy." No, no, no. Yeah. This is it's not simple, and it is not easy. It's this process. shit's hard and difficult and fucking messy, and it is bland and fucking sucks. But also, cool. That the fault of whoever that is of how you ever hear that doesn't fucking matter. Whether that's true or not, the truth doesn't fucking give a shit. It is still your goddamn responsibility to continue on with your own life and get the end result you want out of it, regardless if you agree or fucking detest and disagree and fucking hate what we're saying and even hate us your your life is still your own goddamn responsibility it's not yeah. ours if you like, hate me,
1: I understand that you're projecting the insecurities of yourself, but just know that we love you and um, that we're here for you and you know I guess just some
0: things like. It's cool. It's like I used to have. I used to have opinions too. I used to think wearing gym shorts to high school was cool, and then I realized I was wrong. That's fine. (laughs) You're wrong.
1: No, but it it really is, and I'm glad you said it because it is true. Like the things that we say, first of all, might not be. You might disagree, and that's awesome. And if you do, please. Let us know and and yeah, I'd love to talk and, you and learn. Like I want to communicate yeah. with people more and learn what I can fucking improve on, and because that's the beauty of this whole thing. And well, if um, you disagree
0: with me, be ready be ready for an answer because I want to have a conversation. Yeah. I'm, it's not I'm not sitting here taking blows. If you're gonna hit, hit me up, it's a conversation. It's not a debate or an argument at yeah. all. But it's a conversation.
1: Well, and and at the end of all this, it's just it's not easy, but it be, it can become easier when you're constantly challenging yourself and doing hard shit. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's just doing hard shit, whether that's Meditating, cold showers, cold baths, sitting in a fucking sauna, going for a longer workout, um, journaling, like even the stuff that makes you uncomfortable, mirror work. Mirror work is a very powerful thing. Um, Just looking yourself in the mirror for a long period of time and seeing what comes up. What do you not like about yourself? Come to terms with it. Start to love it. Um, And just loving all parts of yourself, good or bad, that you think are good or bad. Because, I mean, they make you you. And so when you start to love those things and then just work on the things that you need to work on, doing hard shit, then um, you really start to find out who you are, your true passions, and uh, life gets a lot fucking better.
0: I got nothing more to say. There you go. That's that's the tweet. <laughs> that, that, that is the tweet right there. Boom. Game over. Um, you have anything more to say? Otherwise, I'm going to wrap it up because you just dropped the hammer. That's all I got. <laughs> no, no.
1: Um... I just, I love doing this stuff. I love um, podcasting with you. I love talking about life. I love getting deep. So, if anybody's listening, I mean, all I ask is that you, you know, just share this stuff. Um, Reach out to us individually or at the Uncommons. Um, Give us questions, hard ones, you know, get deep and um, fucking do hard shit, bro. Yeah. uh,
0: The best part about this is that we, Caleb and I are both entering this phase of our life where um, we've had these conversations for years now. And they're only just getting amplified and better and deeper yeah. and now basically what we are doing is just fucking hitting record and him and i are having these conversations and uh respectfully you're just listening into the thoughts in our head and how we look at life and how we think and um but it's a lot more raw and vulnerable and authentic to like who him and i are and we're not just speaking directly to a positioned camera to perform for you it's more of a hey we're fucking talking as boys and dudes that are just trying to figure this fucking life out like you yeah. are, and uh, this, is, this is how we think at the moment, and our shit can definitely change when we're given better and or, and, or new information. Um, so that's kind of uh, the, new, the new direction, the new wave of uh, the Be Uncommon podcast, but more than anything... Thank you for listening today. We appreciate you. Luke Box Day here with Caleb Fossum. Again, the man who is way more creative than me, but better also with accents. Not true, not access. true. Way better with <laughs> accents than I could ever be. But um, well, that's I really all I'm appreciate- to say. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Yes, sir. Have a great rest of your evening. Enjoy it. And uh, the power is yours.
0: You're the worst.